All right, we live, Ron? Okay, thank you for joining us tonight. If you're in Arissa or somewhere like that, we are so thankful to have you with us. And uh, We're going to delay here for just a moment as I, as my notes make their way to me, I hope. So, I saw them. All right, well, welcome back. Thank you for coming tonight or listening uh, online. We're glad that you're with us. We are in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and we have been studying uh, what it is to be a credible Christian ambassador out of 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And we, last time we got together, we looked at the fact that we have a job. We talked about a job description, and uh, our job is to be ministers of reconciliation because we're new creatures in Christ. We have a new ministry. We have a new commitment. We have a new vocation. We're to be... Uh, we're to, we got to work well with our co-laborers, and all of this has been revealed to us from uh, Ephesians or Second Corinthians chapter uh, six and verse one. And we talked about how important it is to work as a team, and that's all revealed in in that uh, in the first verse of Second Corinthians. And then we talked about God's desire to re- get a return on His investment, and so God expects His ambassadors to produce results. And uh, we spent some time discussing that. So that will get us up to speed. And like uh, Sharon, I know you have your outline. So, uh, and I think there's still outlines out on the out in front if you need one. And tonight we're going to talk about, <clears throat> now that we've got the job, we've got to remember that we're on the clock. So let's just start again and, and look at the text starting in verse 1 and 2. Then we'll pray. It says, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, in a day of salvation I have secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Heavenly Father, we pray a blessing on the reading and the hearing of your word. Thank you tonight uh, for bringing us together again for prayer. And uh, Lord, we pray, God, that uh, Lord, we know you hear our prayer. Lord, we know that you call us to enter boldly into your throne. And so, Lord, help us to, to do our job tonight in praying. Lord, our numbers are few, Lord, but uh, you're mighty, and uh, you don't need a lot of people to get a lot done. And so, Father, thank you for the opportunity tonight to come together by faith and to go to your throne and intercede uh, and do that priestly work of the New Testament. We praise you and thank you and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we are on the clock, verse 2. So the moment that we got saved, um, we began our ministry. talked about that this morning. And in that second verse, uh, in that parenthetical statement, he says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And literally today we had a salvation. Praise God for that. So someone entered an eternity today. Uh, now Psalms, where is he getting that from? Well, he's quoting that from Psalm 69, three, or I'm sorry, 69 and verse 13. And this was uh, Jesus' request. So you might want to turn there because I don't have PowerPoint and all that stuff at, at night. So Psalm 69 and verse 13, um, I turned right to it. The Bible says here, But as for me, my prayer is unto thee, O Lord, in, an ex- in the accepted time, O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me in the truth of thy salvation. And then the Father's response is in uh, chapter 49 of Isaiah and verse 8. So there's a response. How about that? Uh, it's always good when we pray and we know that we get an answer, isn't it? And that's good. Isaiah 49 and verse 8, the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, in an accepted time have I heard thee. In, the, in a day of salvation have I helped thee. I will preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of 
of the people to establish the earth to cause to inherit the desolate heritages. Well, amen, amen to that. That's a, that's a really important prayer. That's a really important uh, interaction between the Father and the Son. So someone needs to send a memo to the United Nations and let them know uh, that uh, God is in charge and he is large. And so um, he is the ruler of the earth. And he has, uh, he has answered the prayer of Jesus Christ in Psalm 69 with his response in Isaiah 49, 8. So uh, the real question, obviously, in, in this group, I know that we've called upon the name of the Lord. Um, and so we should be praying for people that haven't. You know, I've been actively uh, talking with my wife and my kids, more my wife than my kids. But in our family, we're, we're trying to be intentional about praying for people who need to be saved and being friends. We're just starting by making friendships. Uh, so we've, we we're actually actively working on relationships of people like our neighbor, uh, hairdresser, just certain people God's put in our lives, and we're praying for their salvation. So God's heard the cry of, of Christ in the garden and on the cross when he said, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. And God secured us or helped us so that we may uh, be a help to others. He saved us so we could be in the process of helping save others and reconciling others. That's our job description. So we should waste no time in accomplishing our purpose on this earth. So a good minister of reconciliation, point B, maximizes their time. Right, so we're not we're not wasting time. We're not dilly dallying around. Now is the accepted time to see others reconciled to Christ. So time uh, is the uh, time is the minister of reconciliation's greatest resource because without time we have no opportunity to accomplish our mission. So do we value our time? You know, is our time valuable? And it is valuable. Uh, we we all have limited time on this earth to preach uh, the eternal message that God has given us. So Moses recognized the brevity of life. Uh, this is not new to most of us, but Psalm 90, uh, in the, the, the prayer of Moses, the man of God, is how it's titled in Psalm 90. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever, thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. You know, time is of no consequence, really, when it comes to God and eternity, but yet he has carved out time for to work out uh, our place in eternity, though thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, "Return, ye children of men, for a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday, when it is past, and a watch in the night, thou carriest them away as with a flood, and they are as uh, as asleep. In the morning they are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourisheth and groweth up. In the evening it is cut down and withereth. For we are consumed by thine anger and by thy wrath are we troubled." Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years as threescore and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore, yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. Of course, we like that song around here. I'll fly away. Oh, glory. And then Psalm chapter 90 and verse 11. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. So Moses had something to say about time in relation to eternity and our relationship with God. So we must have a sense of urgency uh, if we're going to accomplish our mission. Of course, Moses of all the Old Testament prophets is uh, uniquely fit because he travels through time and he'll come back in the coming tribulation period as one of the two witnesses so um, interesting how he literally gets to redeem the time 
So Jesus was there for us when we needed a Savior, and we are there for him uh, when he needs a worker. That's how that works. We just kind of talked about that this morning as well. So literally, Jesus has already uh, relieved us even though we are in the field, right? So uh, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So before we even knew how to, about being weary and well-doing, God had already provided a supply. So he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are, and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I used to look at that verse for many years thinking, oh, so, so God's burden is light, like it is not heavy. Well, it's true, but it's also light. It's literally illumination. I mean, that's, that's our burden is to illuminate. And, uh, and so God's yoke is easy, but his, and his burden is light. So, okay, so let's seize the day. Carpe diem, uh, now's the time, right? Uh, all those songs that I love so much and they don't play anymore um, is, uh, you, know, you know, we need to be ready and, and take advantage of the opportunities that we have. Uh, you know, that song that Michael W. Smith wrote about Cassie Bernal, I don't know if you remember that. She got killed at Columbine, and uh, he said it was a test that we all hoped to pass, but none of us would want to take. Faced with the, the cho- uh, choice to deny God and live, for her there was one choice to make. This was her time. This was her dance. She lived every moment, left nothing to chance. Uh, she swam in the sea, drank of the deep, embraced the mystery of all she could be. This was her time. Though you're mourning and grieving with us, uh, death died long a long time ago, swallowed in life so that life carries on. Still, it's so hard to let go. And that's a pretty sobering reality. I mean, that young lady lost her life. And from a human perspective, it seems so tragic. But she was ready. She lived a full life, and she's in glory. And it's just but a moment for her. And, uh, and I do still pray for her family. And, uh, and, that, and, you know, God got a lot of mileage out of her life and her death. And, uh, and he was glorified greatly. So in many ways, life is a test of time. Will we pass or fail? So what life does is give us an opportunity to see it judges us, just like Moses was talking about. And it reveals our iniquity. It reveals our dependency on the Lord Jesus Christ, and it reveals God's glory and His uh, grace in and through us. The day is far spent, and our time is limited, right? So we only have so many breaths, so many heartbeats, and so many days. So we have a job, and we're on the clock, and uh, I'm going to go on to the next one. We have a job description. we got a job description. So let's look at verse 3, and uh, let me see how far we have to go here. I probably won't get through all of this tonight, so you'll just have to bear with me, and we'll stop because I will not get through all this. But let's go ahead and dive into verses 3 through 10 uh, of 2 Corinthians chapter 6. So the text goes on to say, giving no offense. Okay, this is the job description. So if you have a job, you've got to know what you're to do. Uh, so you're not supposed to give offense. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience and afflictions and necessities and distresses and stripes and imprisonments in tumults and labors and watchings and fastings by pureness, by knowledge, by longsuffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the ar- armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold, we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. Amen and amen. So there's our job description. 
uh, Christ's ambassadors are to represent the kingdom of God well, right? So the first thing he says is no offense, giving no offense in anything, that the ministry be not blamed, right? So no blame is what he's talking about. So we should be ashamed when we come into the assembly acting all holy and saintly like an ambassador uh, of Christ, and yet all we do in the, in the world Monday through Saturday is deny the Lord who bought us. That, that's a shame on us. It's a reproach on the name of the Lord. And, uh, and of course, I think, again, I think a lot of the people here at Heartland are ambassadors for Christ all week long, and that's a great blessing. But it has been often said that you are the only Bible many people will ever read, and that's so true. So this truth becomes more and more relevant as we move forward in a post-Christian America, right? Uh, and it's a great opportunity, like I said this morning, for the deity of Christ to be contrasted through the redemption that we have. Uh, so when people see us and we're redeemed, they don't understand it, but what they need to see is the glory of God. And so uh, if we don't know the conditions uh, of the environment we live in, you know, we're going to have a hard time impacting it. It's like a farmer. How are you going to plant if you don't know the condition of the soil? you got to prep the soil or you're not going to get the seed in the ground. So Paul was strategic in his approach to his audiences. To the Jews, he spoke the law. To the Gentiles, he spoke creation, right? So he understood his audience. He was, un- he was, he was sensitive on how to to make sure not only was he blameless before the, the audience he was speaking to, but he was blameless before the Lord as a good steward of the message of the gospel. Uh, point B, Christ's ambassadors must be willing to suffer physically. Uh, very clearly here in verses 4 and 5, there's a physical toll it takes. But in all things, approving ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, which obviously you guys know means suffering, in afflictions and necessities and distresses, in stripes, that's physical, you know, beating, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings and fastings. You know, in Acts, he gets punched in the face. I mean, the guy's dealing with stuff. I mean, you know, he's been lashed. He's very violent when you look at his lifestyle for Christ. So Christ the ambassador must be willing to suffer physically. And uh, this is how we demonstrate our effectiveness as ambassadors for Christ, much patience, right? So in a job description, you always got, you know, proficient in this and this and this and this and this. So we should be proficient in, in dealing with much patience and suffering. We should be able to handle afflictions. That's part of the job. Necessities, which is suffering, and distress, which is suffering, and stripes, which is suffering, and imprisonments, which is, imprisonments, which is suffering, and tumults, which is suffering, labors, which, which is obviously uh, suffering, and watchings. Talked about that this morning, and fastings. Uh, Lord, all of those things uh, are sufferings. Let's see, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, there's ten, just like the Gentiles. So I was hoping there was nine. So we never hear Paul complain about sufferings as, as an ambassador. He considers it a light affliction. In the, this same chapter, if you just flip back a page or two, in chapter 4 and verse 16, remember what Paul said. He says, For, this, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, Yet the inward man is renewed day by day for our light affliction. Isn't that interesting? It's sort of like his yoke is easy and his burden is light. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now, of course, he's talking about the, the affliction being light in comparison to the glory. But there's also, there's just a lot of wordplay you can do with that. The word and the glory and the light, you know, uh, it's interesting. And so while we look not at the things which, we, which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So we think about what Paul said in the, 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 the epistle of 1 Corinthians in chapter 15, 
and he's focused on this celestial temple, this, this glorious ending uh, that's going to be manifest in the saints. And Paul's like, you know what? It's a light affliction that we're dealing with uh, compared to what is coming. So point C, he says Christ's ambassadors are maintain a clean spiritual walk. So in verse 6 uh, of chapter uh, 6, he goes on to say, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. Um, and then he says in verse 8, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers, yet true. So our effectiveness will be measured at the judgment seat of Christ by the following factors, uh, which we just listed. So at the judgment seat of Christ, these are going to be the things on the job description. You're going to be measured by these. These are your proficiencies, and, uh, and uh, they're going to be, are they, are, how's the pureness? <clears throat> How is the knowledge? Um, uh, what about long-suffering? Now, these are also fruit of the Spirit, right? Uh, uh, some of these, long-suffering, kindness, um, by the Holy Ghost. So by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, which is a pure love, unfaked, unphony, not phony love, the word, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, uh, by honor and dishonor, uh, by evil report and good report. So that doesn't mean we don't get dirty. Uh, when we walk through the, the sawmill, we're going to get dust on us. But what we have to do is, is be washed in the water of the word and the mercy of God to cleanse us and refresh us. So there has to be an active uh, desire for an ambassador to maintain a clean spiritual walk. And so point C, um, or D, it should be D. If, huh? Is that C or D? C. Okay, so the previous one was point B? Okay. Oh, my notes are, I have CC. So Elvis had a song about CC writer. I don't know what that was. But anyway, uh, Second Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9 says, Be as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. O you Corinthians, our mouth is opened unto you, our heart is enlarged. Ye are not straightened in us, but ye are straightened in our, in your, I'm sorry, own bowels. I went too far. Uh, verse 10 is as far as I was supposed to go, but that's okay. Um, so Christ's ambassadors are to demonstrate humility, uh, lastly, right? So they have to have a clean spiritual walk. They've got to do the job description, do the dirty work, do, have a clean spiritual walk on top of that, and demonstrate humility. So as ambassadors of Christ, we have to be prepared to be viewed by the world in the following ways. This is practical, point C. Uh, as deceivers, yet true. Man, isn't that the case? You're always constantly accused of being improper, not only from the people without, but even the people within. And, uh, and amen, Steve's like, yep. So whenever you, you do ministry, you're trying to help people. You're just trying to do your best. And man, poof, you get smacked in the face with accusation. And you're called a deceiver, untrue, all that stuff. The, 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 we, know our, we know the devil. He's an accuser of the brethren day and night. So we understand that. So we understand that, that as an ambassador, uh, not everybody that we're ne doing negotiations with has made peace with God. And so because they haven't made peace with God, they have to have a reasons not to accept his terms. And, of course, we become the reason oftentimes. Uh, and unfortunately for them, the judgment of God will uh, be upon them if they don't receive God's terms of peace. Okay, so as deceivers yet true, as unknown yet well-known. Right? And boy, isn't that the case? You know, we are unknown out here in the cornfield or cow field of Heartland. 
we're nobody on the list of Christian churches in the world. But you know what? Like I said this morning, every time a young lady got saved today, so there's rejoicing in heaven. Hallelujah. So we're known in the heaven. And, uh, and the, you know, the, who really cares how well-known you're on the earth as long as you're making waves in heaven? <laughs> you know, praise God for that. And, um, and so as dying and, and visibly alive, boy, that looks like Randy and, and uh, Jim and, and Gwen. We got people in our church that have cancer physically, and it looks like they're dying, and yet the life of Christ just keeps coming through them. Isn't that awesome? It's amazing. Huh? And Franny Winter, Yes. And uh, thank you for, I need to, I, when I start naming names, I always get in trouble. And uh, so, yeah, was she here today? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I should have said something. You should have yelled it. Franny! So I was, yeah, yeah, Franny's a good gal. So, um, so uh, chastened and not killed, uh, sorrowful yet always rejoicing. And uh, there's some truth in that, isn't it? I've, I've gotten to the place in my life now when I get excited about what God's doing, I'm always ready for the sucker punch. <laughs> I'm always ready for that. Hey, I'm always happy, but I know somebody's coming. Something's coming, so praise the Lord. You know, that's good, though. I was telling somebody, uh, oh, it was Luke, your son. I was just telling him this week just how when my dad died, you know, several times in my life, God has done, he's, he's, counter, he's counteracted things that might, just seem exceedingly high mountain peaks with other very sobering things. And one of those was when we built the church and opened it up it was exactly the same time my dad passed away. So it just, it, it wasn't that I wasn't joyful. I was really excited about what God was doing, but I was also just kind of, you know, uh, okay. Or maybe we broke ground. I don't remember. Was it the year we broke ground or was it? The, yeah. So we broke ground on the building and all that was happening, you know, and it was all exciting. But that whole year, I, you know, when you lose your dad, that's, that's at least for me, that's a big deal. I mean, my dad is a part of me, so part of me went with him. And, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, that's heavy. You know what it's like. You lose your husband, you lose your parents. And so it just, it's not that you're not excited, because you are excited, but you're sober. You know, it just sobers you up. You know, it just keeps you from going to extremes. And I've always thanked the Lord for that, for helping me stay focused like that, because he has a way of doing that. When our church, when our church was running, almost 400 people would have, I would always have people that would help keep me sober, and uh, <laughs> and so that was very stressful. So uh, so praise the Lord, and and you know being sorrowful but yet rejoicing, being poor yet making many rich, having uh, nothing yet possessing all things, and man, I, I pray that for my 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 family, my kids. I know my wife doesn't have the house she could have. My kids don't have the car. My son doesn't have the car he could have, perhaps, if I was in the, you know, doing worldly things. But at the end of the day, I do pray that that, that everybody sees that, you know what, the things that we're involved in here are going to be have a far more exceeding weight in glory. So it's a good investment. It's a wise investment. And so, um, you know, as an ambassador, uh, you're always going to be accused by your enemy, but we're to demonstrate fidelity in all that we do. And that's what a good soldier does, is, is he doesn't buckle. Right, he's he's he is he is always faithful. He's in his place, and he does what he's supposed to do, or she does what she's supposed to do, in spite of everything else. And they stay focused. So, um, so we have a job. We're on the clock, and we have a job description. And I've given you that uh, tonight. So uh, that's where we're going to stop. Next time we get together, we'll talk about our performance factors, because uh, you got to be. That's how you get judged for your raise is your performance factors. So that's point four, and so you should have. You have that on your outline, Sharon? Make sure I got my outlines lined up. Okay, so we'll, we'll wait till next time to pick that up. Now, next week, um, I do not, I will not be here. 
And so, Ron, either you're in charge or Sharon's in charge. <laughs> Monmouth, yes. So, uh, and I don't know if Amy will be here yet or not because she may be going with, depending on what happens this week, with Sam's soccer. So,